Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two, one. Let's go. Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your time to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two, one. Let's go. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with my friend, Miriam I knew I was going to, Apache, Apache. <laughs> nope, I messed Apache. up, Apache, God, okay, so everybody knows I mess up everybody's last name, it could be Smith, and I probably would call it something weird, so, um, hey, Miriam, how are you? I'm fabulous, how are you, Corey? I'm great, it is so, so, so great to have you on, I met Miriam in Clubhouse, and we have um, done a ton of rooms together, Um because I enjoy being in her room and, and I enjoy her being in my room. So um, I haven't done a ton of research on Miriam because I just didn't want to know everything. But I know that she has done some incredible things in her life. And I'm excited to hear about it. So let's go, Miriam. I know you, you could tell your story better than me. So where would you like to start today? So um, we... Um, yeah, so I just fill in a little bit of dead air there. Sorry. All right. You ready to rock and roll? We I'm got back. this. I'm back. Where would I like to start? How about we just get all the fluff, all the fancy stuff out of the way and then get to the real, like the real story? I love it. Sound good? It. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. So, um, my background is really in, um, bringing the best out of people and I've, in being able to graciously and been privileged to be able to do that through um, a leading team. So back in when I was working for Sunglass Hut, I was running a team of 200 individuals. And um, during that time, three years that I worked for them, uh, took that business from not performing at all down on the you know results from the previous years by 20% and taking it to um, being the top performing business. Um, I had 20 sites um, in the Southern Hemisphere. And, you know, I wrote a customer experience program for them, which went to 300 locations across six countries. 
and they were wonderful to um, give me a leadership award for the top 1%. So that's the fancy stuff and we can get to the fun stuff and perhaps some of the story that I share will actually relate to how those successes came about because I did not come from that background. I came from a background where I struggled in school. Um, I struggled making friends. I was the shyest person you could imagine. Um, I remember, in, we call it grade two in Australia. I remember grade one, grade two, um, I was so scared to speak to people. I used to literally just get so intimidated and shut down. And I remember very clearly during the lunch breaks, I used to dread them. I hated lunch breaks because all the kids used to go out and play in groups and have fun. And I had no friends. And I used to go outside the classroom and wait outside the door waiting for that for 45 minutes to be over just to go back in. And I used to get so scared of bullies and I was just, I had no voice. And anyone who knows me now, my voice is so profound and full of love and light. And I really had to go through a transformation to find myself. And I'm here to really share that because I'm hoping it may inspire someone. I guess so I, you know, you're right. I the person that I know, I would never have expected you to be a shy person, but that, that, you know, and that really breaks my heart that that's how you, you know, that's how you felt, you know, when you were younger in school, do you have any idea why you felt that way? Is there a particular reason you think? Um, I, I know when we were young, like we changed a lot of schools and English wasn't my first language. My first language was Turkish. So when I went into the first like we call it prep, the first, first year as a child, I probably didn't even really have much English. Um, but I've just always been someone who was, I used to, I was very, very sensitive person. Like I just could really um, feel things. And when I was younger, I, I didn't understand the power of that. I actually saw it as um, a, a flaw, because I didn't know how to have, um, you know, as a child, you, you don't know this. I didn't know how to have, you know, barriers up, you know, empowering um, boundaries up, sorry. And um, I didn't realize that sensitivity is actually incredible because you can be more intuitive and connect with people and understand people and be perceptive. But that evolved over the years. And there's no, like, nothing I can recall majorly um, during that time, but there were some people in my life who um, were quite um, domineering. I mean, I came from a Turkish upbringing and the spirit that I've always had is a freedom seeker, a seeker of truth. Um, I'm a rebel, believe it or not, I am a rebel. I don't like people telling me what to do. (laughs) I get that 100%. I hate that. Yes, I don't like people telling me what to do. It just really gets up my whatever you want to call it whatever they say but like it literally makes me so um rebellious like I want to do the opposite so I came from a culture and maybe this was a big part of it I came from a culture that would empower males but was disempowering females I mean there was plenty of love there and it's not that anyone had malicious intentions that's just how the ancestry was when we came from a, a Turkish background it's a beautiful beautiful culture but some of the stuff I really don't agree with. I mean, women were taught back then, were taught, you know, your role is to be domesticated, 
you serve the husband, you produce children, you don't really pursue an education, although my family had my back there. Um, you know, you don't travel like I have and lived on two various continents. You know, you don't chase your career. Now, I don't, I don't have children. I have children in my life who I love like they are my own children. I've been blessed with that. One is my nephew, and I was really lucky to actually have that experience with um, Scott's kids. They're just beautiful kids. And, um, you know, I just um, found I was constantly told to not shine my light, you know, be quiet. Um, you know, you're, you're being too much. I got that a lot in, in my years growing up because I was a pretty confident kid, believe it or not, before I started school. I remember that all the other kids would be playing um, during family gatherings and I'd just go onto the dance floor at a party and be dancing with the adults, like literally moving and dancing with them because that's the, that's the girl I was. I was confident I was free. And then something just happened. Um, I just, I think all of that pressure because I was getting so confident, um, it was probably making a few people uncomfortable. And over the years, I just, there were certain influences that were suppressing that um, identity that was forming in me that was a rebel to what the cultural expectations were. And it's just like I said, I'm a free spirit. I've got that rebellious streak um, and that was being suppressed. And I think because of that, my voice and my confidence, everything started to just shrink in because I was so sensitive as well. That's so interesting that you were um, that you were so confident, and then once you got to the place where you needed to be the most confident, it got shot down. Or, or you, I think it, it sounds like to me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but mentally, you just in your mind you created these things that were going to yes. affect you, hurt you, bother you, bully you. And in and, and now my question is, did that ever happen? Was I bullied? Yeah. Yes. Yes, okay. I was. What grade is that? <laughs> I was bullied. Um, let's see. I was bullied. Um, I was the only Turkish person in a very Australian Saxon environment. Um, I was bullied for my eyes. You know, things like you've got these kind of eyes or you're like this or we're not talking to you, whatever it was. Um, but all those things that a lot of kids picked on me about became my strengths later in life. I learned to love those things about me. Um, I also think the, the, uh, the older generations were so set in their ways that the way that they approached the disciplinary side of no, don't be so loud. No, don't, don't dance so much or don't do this or don't do that um, kind of was a form of bullying because it was done in a very domineering, in a very, very domineering way. And, you know, it was like, be quiet. So it was very against my nature. And I think, yes, I mean, I look back and I don't have any bad feelings or I don't, I, it's really interesting because I don't feel like I've never felt victimized or um, that I'm a victim or that I went through it. But if I have to be like logical about it, and if I'm looking at someone else's life, yeah, sure. Yeah, you could say that. But I don't have these um, wounds, if that makes sense. Sure. About Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so would you say it was like early on in grade school? Or yes. Prep, it actually took me, um, this, is a, this is a really cool thing. Um, I got into the fifth grade and I was so quiet and so shy. And I was, I was a CD grade student. And 
there was this one teacher, I'll never forget her. She changed my life. Her name was Miss Lisa O'Connor. She just saw something in me. Uh, you know, maybe she just realized I was really shy and I wasn't making friends like all the other kids, but she could see that I was creative and I could draw and that I was actually, there was potential in my academic side. So she would get me up um, once a week or twice a week. I can't remember the frequency, but she'd get me up to draw all these beautiful designs on the chalkboards each and every week. Never picked anyone else, just picked me to do it. And that really built my confidence because she started to treat me like, you know, she made me feel special. She made me feel like there was something there. Under her, her the way she educated me, I ended up becoming an A-grade student. Um, she took on the sixth grade as well because she said to my parents, I, I really want to have her again in my, in my year. I became the teacher's pet. And um, she told my parents, you know, she's going to become something in life, like nurture her education. And then my parents put me into private school after that and I blossomed um, and, yeah, developed my, my skills. Isn't it interesting that sometimes when we don't believe in ourselves, that we have to borrow somebody else's belief in us? Yes. Mm-hmm. I have gone through that same experience several times in my life. One was fairly recent, like a year ago. Um, a little bit less than a year ago, I, I went and, and I think I've shared this with you before that I went and I did, I did two ayahuasca journeys and I realized during that, those journeys that, um, you know, that I didn't value myself as much as other people value me. And that was a hard pill to swallow, but mm-hmm. it was something that I needed to understand and needed to know. And at the time when, when this, when this, this kind of mother ayahuasca's voice told me that I kind of brushed it off and acted as if I didn't really know what she was talking about because ego right the ego was just mm-hmm. um, I couldn't set my ego aside this was literally less than a year ago like I, I you know I thought my ego had been completely smashed but clearly not and so since then I've turned my business up you know five times what it was uh, because I just asked for what my value is and that's what I get paid for. I get paid for the value that I bring and I bring a lot of value to people. So um, it is interesting. So I understand that. And and I got to tell you this last thing, you know, when I hired my last coach, it was during kind of during this, this period. And, 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 and honestly, I hired him not for his sales ability because I had more sales experience than him. Um, but he believed in me. And that's what I needed at the time. I needed his belief in me because I couldn't, I couldn't muster the belief up in myself. So anyway, I just thought I'd share that with you because it's very similar. Yeah, I relate to it because you're right. Because I didn't um, know how to believe in myself. I, I didn't understand that. I didn't have that, that foundation. Um, so that teacher changed my life because she started to believe in me and And anyone who knows me now, and even in my career, um, anyone who knows me now, like they turn around, say in the messages I even have on a daily basis, and they say, girl, like you see something in me that I never saw before. And, and because of you, you know, I believe in myself. And I swear that teacher changed my life. Like she just did not give up. And, And she saw a light in me. And then I started to see that light. And because of what she did, the gift that she gave me, 
Um, my life mission has been, now that I look back on it, um, I, I have recreated my, my um, service to people. I believe in myself and I've come to Morocco. I've been here the last three months. I was in America three years before that. And I, I have to say, Corey, like incredible transformation has happened for me of self-discovery. And I'm at a point now where I am so free in being myself and no judgment on myself and so open to sharing that with people because I know the more I empower myself to share freely, the more it inspires someone else to feel that way. They see it. We see things. We're all mirrors to each other and we can all inspire each other in the littlest way. And I, it's taken me a long time to get here. You know, I've had moments where it's almost valleys and peaks, but I am so in tune with myself right now that I am so in tune with seeing what's in people, the potential in people, because I see it in myself. I see what, what I'm made of and I see the same things in other people. And when they don't see it, I let them know. Out of the blue, I pop up and go, you're like this, you have this, you can do this. Like I see it in them and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's there. I recognize it. I know it. It's in me. I see it in you. I've seen it in others. You, you've got it. And honestly, I am like so blown away by what it does when you have complete freedom and self-acceptance in yourself and you don't really care anymore what people think about you like you don't care what people think about you anymore and it doesn't matter the judgment doesn't matter I know there are people who would probably look at me and be agitated but it doesn't cross my mind like it literally I go why don't I worry about this I need to tell you this a few years back, I had a personal brand. I had my own brand. It was called Find Your Glow. I was um, doing whole foods and cooking. This is the transformation I have gone through in the last um, six years, five to six years. Uh, anyway, when Facebook and advertising, before you paid for it and when it was organic, you used to get that organic reach, I put, I put a few videos up. I would put a video up, Corey, within three days, it would go viral and hit 100,000 views without paying 100,000 views and I was so self-conscious like I didn't know I, I didn't have this like I my belief wasn't even set then like it really wasn't I was being tested and challenged um to share myself with the world I mean I was confident sharing it in a retail industry and being a leader that was my job I was paid for it I had to be strong I had to be an incredible leader for this incredible team of 200 girls and guys that I was leading, I had to always be an example. That's what motivated me. If I was having a weak moment, I was like, no, I'm stepping up for my team. Because if I step up for them, they're going to step up for me. We were very connected. But anyway, back to that story about the ads, I literally shut down my ads after three days because I was getting all sorts of comments down there. And, and I was so self-conscious about it. I didn't, I felt exposed to a world that I didn't know yet and trust. But things are very different now. And like I said, when you stop judging yourself and worrying about what people think, you actually stop judging others as well and you can just hold a loving, safe and powerful space for them to grow as well as you growing. It's just a really wonderful combination. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I think it's, I think it also comes down to awareness um, I think it comes down, you know, being aware that you're able to change people's lives like that and being, you know, that's a big, that's a big cheese to feel when you've got that many people that have looked at your video and I can see how that can be overwhelming.
This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Yeah, if you're not if you're not feeling confident in yourself, and the other thing is as well, if you haven't defined what your true purpose is, like if you are not centered and so um like so 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 taken by that, it is so who you are. Because when you are in that post, like so I'm in that stage now. When you are in that stage, it's just water off a duck's back. It doesn't even pierce through because your purpose is so grand and you're so committed to it that nothing can test you get tested but nothing can break you you want it so much your purpose you're so driven back then I was still figuring that out so it was more so that I was almost like a puppeteer I was putting together this great show I had all these skills that came across really well on camera I was entertaining yada yada all that stuff but my purpose wasn't defined yet and that's why I had a weak constitution and I allowed all of this outside interference to get into my head. And it stops me from um, prospering in that, in that area. Yeah, I'm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I, I, I totally understand that. I've gone through this similar things and it's interesting because we never know what's going through somebody else's head, right? We can look at you and I right now and people think, Oh, they know I would give anything just to be on a podcast or to host a podcast, but I will, I can't do that. Right. And ultimately anybody can do that. Anybody can get on camera. Anybody can talk on, on a podcast. You just have to make a decision to do that. Right. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. So, all right. Um, yes. Yeah, oh my God. Like this has been so good. Go ahead. I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Not at all. I mean, I think what I've definitely, well, what I feel is that um, I'm so, so there, Corey, like with what I'm doing now. And I love lighting people up. I feel lit up. I, I just love, you know, helping them find their, their, their confidence, their belief in themselves. I love seeing the breakthroughs. We do a lot of that through what's on Clubhouse with the rooms, but also beyond that, because relationships are well beyond uh, a tool that is provided for us that is a tool it's amazing I mean look at this podcast you know this someone may be listening to this right now and be it just may just shift them in the right way and, and change their life but honestly I just think if you when you find and look I really I'm going to trace back when I've pondered on this for years I was always trying to figure out what's my purpose what's my purpose I need to have a purpose <laughs> You know, I had all these jobs and I would actually go from job to job. Yes, I got promoted quickly. I'm a hard worker. Anyone who knows me will say that hands down. I am a dedicated little powerhouse. I work hard and I'm a big thinker and I'm extremely passionate. So I will give it everything I have and I will do whatever it takes to, to take it there and make something special of it. But when you are constantly questioning, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? There's something in the background, just even if you're doing really great in your career, which I was, there was something in the back going, but what's my purpose? But I want to do this, but I want to do that. So I stepped out of the retail industry after 15 years. I went into my own, um, my own brands. I had two. 
And then um, an opportunity arose for me in America to do branding for a very well-known influencer, which we both know, Scott Lumley. And um, through that journey, being around someone like him, who was an incredible business mind, um, it really made me understand, and he's an entrepreneur, like through and through. So that was an incredible shift for me. But along that period, um, I realized that and I've had some incredible people help me with this. A person's life purpose can truly be and usually is, and it is for me, when what, what was the thing that was um, hurting you or what was your wound in life? Like what was your wound in life? My wound was no self-belief, no self-confidence. I was not free to be myself. I was afraid to be myself. I was quiet, I was small, I was shrinking, but it was so not Miriam. Like I am this in your face, bright, <laughs> chatty, loving person. And I love who I am. And I did not love myself for a long time. And I really couldn't even love properly in relationships because of it, really, truly. And yeah. I'm at a place now where I can. So all right, so when, when so the, did the shift happen when you spoke to the teacher? Was that when it happened, or did it happen? It must have happened later on in life because if if it, I guess I guess I've answered my own question. If it would have happened back in seventh grade or whatever grade you said it was, it you wouldn't have had the confidence issues going forward. I mean, especially with everything that you've done. So, do you recall kind of when that shift happened? Yes. Yes. Okay. So this is the interesting part. I don't know if other people are like this, but like I said, I was quite passive in those earlier parts of my life. I met this teacher and something lit up inside me. I have, um, and I don't know if other people can relate to this. Anyone who knew me in my career would not have even understood that I was not a confident person, that I had no self-belief. No one would have seen it. I was an incredible um, actress when it came to that I would just woman up I was gonna say man up <laughs> would woman up put on my, like you know my outfit and literally go into into the world and psych myself into who I needed to be for my team like I have my love and my passion and my commitment to people was so big and so grand that is that is the fuel that actually used to make me go out into the workforce and turn these teams around these people would have turned around and said to you that, that because I've had a lot of them come back you know she was inspiring she believed in me I tried to give them what my teacher gave me so that's what drove the results the results in believe it or not my sales team were phenomenal because I built a culture around self-belief connection to the customer you know being authentic and um, you know, going above and beyond, knock their socks off. Like I had built this um, culture and I made it fun. I brought personality into it. I brought genuineness into it, that the team was thirsty for it and they thrived. And I'll, all my teams will turn around and say that, that, that the culture was phenomenal, right? And the thing is, like I said, I was doing it for the love of people. I was doing it because I was ambitious I, I I had this whole um like I'm gonna achieve big things in life I'm gonna be this I'm gonna be that that's what drove me passion 
passion drove me. I'm a, I am a passionate person. I'm full of energy. But in the background, there was still a question mark of who am I? What's my purpose? That was always in the background. That's clearly defined now. And that literally has happened in the last three months. But it was the belief of that teacher, belief of my parents, um, belief of friends, that I was going off that. And because I wanted other people to succeed and feel good and be, be their best in life, that's, that's what kept me going. That's incredible. I mean, uh, to, um, you know, for, for it to happen to just three months ago. And I think that's interesting because I have to say, I have to believe that Clubhouse probably had something to do with that because, yes. I mean, I'll tell you, I know that I've gotten better with my speaking just because I'm on this damn app all the time. And it, it you know, it you're on the spot lots of times if you put yourself on, if you put yourself on stage and ultimately, yeah. I, I, what I did is I just put myself in very uncomfortable situations on stages that I would have maybe never done that, maybe, maybe never stepped on or had conversations with people. Because at the end of the day, like, I'm just not too worried about anybody that's yeah. in Clubhouse. Like, I, I, meaning, it's not weird for me to be on stage with Scott or with Grant Cardone or with Bradley or whoever. It, it doesn't matter. Like I just, and I think I could, I, I probably can owe a lot of that to this podcast because I don't yes. believe I would speak as well as I do if I hadn't had such high level conversations with people. Absolutely. I, I totally uh, agree with you. And story, like when, when we're in companies or we are the owner CEO of a brand or we are working for brands like I was and have, um, we are already in a position of authority. People have to listen to us if they want to work with us. The teams have to follow through with what expectations you have. When you go on a platform such as Clubhouse or you're organically connecting with people, people, I mean, people are connecting with you genuinely based on who you are and what value you bring. And I had to, you know, you're going into this platform. I'm going to refer back to Clubhouse. We're going into this platform. People can't see the way we look really. They're looking at a picture. But you can hear a person. You can hear not only their value and their experience and what's coming out of their mouth. You can hear their insecurity. You can hear their heart. You can hear their intention. And what that said to me straight away, I caught on to that immediately. Because like I said to you, my intuition is really high and I'm, I have a high sensitivity. So one of my best skills is understanding people and seeing people and feeling them. So I caught on to that immediately. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to be myself. And I had no expectations. I was not trying to create any authority on there. I literally wanted to hold a space that empowered others to shine and literally, you know, you know, just, I could see, you could hear it. You can hear it in people's voices that they need help. They just want a bit of love. They want guidance, you know, and it's been an incredible, incredible journey. I've got some wonderful relationships that have um, come from there. We literally have this incredible community, um, this posse, <laughs> and we're, we're changing lives. And it's one. No, you're, 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 everything you said, I, I agree with wholeheartedly. It's interesting because it, I, I 
honestly have created a whole group of 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 a tribe that I never had. I didn't have that as of you know early December. It's all new people, yeah. and a lot of them I never even knew until now. And mm-hmm. it's pretty it's pretty cool. I, I'll have to say it's pretty cool. I've met some amazing people. Yeah. So um, and look, there's a there's a point I want to make if you don't mind just quickly. You know, I've been on social media for years now. I've been managing, you know, a key brand and, and other brands along the way. But the smoke and mirrors are gone on Clubhouse because you don't sit there and see some dude standing in front of, you know, some luxury vehicle or you don't see someone flashing wads of cash. And, you know, those kind of just triggers working on people's desperation you literally are hearing people for who they are and what they have to offer, the true value. And I love that. But the other thing I want to say is there's always a downside with every, there's a polarity. There's always the up and there's always the down. And I think what people have to do is with Clubhouse, they've got to be really careful that they don't go on there and and use it as um, uh, like a full-on spew of like a therapy session. You've got to be really careful. You've got to be intentional with why you're going in there not just going in there and, and, and looking for connections because connections ultimately form beyond that app. It's a tool. And um, I know some people have taken it a little too far and, and, you know, the best relationships for us that have formed it, they're outside the app. We met on the app. We share our thoughts, our commonalities, we connect, but the, the true connections are happening beyond the app. The app's just the platform for us. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. If you're not using it that way, then you need to be, right? Um, yeah. Because if it, it's ultimately it's a waste of time if you don't use it for, for that reason. I, I feel like if you just go in to listen and, and you don't participate, you don't connect with anybody, I'm not sure why you're on there. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, we have promoted the shit at Clubhouse. So <laughs> I'm sure they'll be so excited about that. You can Tamirian. send this pick. <laughs> right. They will split the profit. So, what's the what's so what's the next step? So, so tell us what's the next step in your life that was super impactful. Um, And I think we're gonna. I think we're probably getting ready to get into some really good stuff. What's what's happening now? That's impactful. Oh my God, Corey, like my life has changed. Like I just feel so lit up inside. I'm so excited. Like I just want to share it with the world. And, you know, this newfound self-freedom, self-acceptance, self-love and seeing people for who they are and seeing their potential, you know, I'm brand consulting. So helping people um, really connect with others properly like when I say properly people overuse the word authentically I feel that it's overused and I'm saying like really being you like really 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 truly 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 being who you truly are and being totally at peace and okay with that and you know being an example to help other people my my thing right now is just about teaching people how to have self-confidence self-belief and freedom true full expression of who they are i'm doing that with branding but i'm also doing that um with um helping them on a personal level so i'm just like very excited about this because i am seeing transformations happening in lifetime and the work that these people are doing with other people 
I mean, we were, we had a live today. We were talking with Tony Rodriguez, Nina, um, Anouk, which I know you've done a podcast with her, and Jekia, who's like, they're all phenomenal. And we were literally talking about if we, we may, that one, we may not be the one person who changes the world. We may be, but we may not be. But we could be changing the life of someone else who actually is going to impact the world. And really, it's, it's all connected. And when you take the self out of it and you, you don't make it about you and you don't have ego there and you genuinely want to help people, and it's just so powerful. And people feel it. People see it. People see when the real person. They see it is real and they're attracted to it. It's like this incredible magnetism because people want that in their life. They're sick of all the fake superficial stuff. I agree. And I think that's, you know, fortunately back to Clubhouse, but I think that's why Clubhouse has been so successful because you, you can't hide. You can't hide who you are. You can't really hide. I suppose you can to an extent, but not like, you know, a still picture on Instagram with in front of a car, you know, that's, you don't have that on there because you can't, or if you do, they're not speaking. Right. I, if but when you know, when somebody comes on, and they begin to speak about whatever the room topic is, you know if they know their shit or not. And and ultimately, it, it really it really it really um, flushes out the folk that say they know what, about whatever, right? And pick a topic, and then you know, and they don't. They just they 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 have no idea. And so those folks are not they're not hanging on hanging around on the app very much because. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's not serving them well. But for somebody like myself, who I was very late to get on Facebook, very late to get on Instagram. So, you know, to, to have organic growth in either one of those is practically impossible. Um, however, this app's very different. It's just it is, very it is now. It is now. It wasn't years back. And that was literally Instagram and Facebook made people get quite addicted to the organic reach. It was just crazy back then and then all of a sudden they switched it all up and said you got to pay for it now you're hooked here's the dopamine hit now you got to pay for it that's right yep just like a drug dealer mm -hmm. good analogy so, <laughs> yeah so what are you um so right now you're helping scott with his brand right yeah i'm also then helping um other brands as well like he has been an incredible support so um I have a lot to give. I, I want to help change the world for better. I have a lot of impact um, in my heart and I see people's potential and I can see the connecting dots when it comes to their online presence. And um, I can see it. It's like, it's natural. I'm talking to one of my friends or, or someone that I'm working with and it's like straight away, my eye sees everything and, and I just share it even without even whether I'm working with them or not. It's just a natural part of who I am. Um, I am working with um, my next step is that whole self. My whole thing is about being an advocate for self-confidence, self-belief, and, you know, helping people truly, truly find that peace and that, you know, I'm me and I am happy being me. And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. And this is what I choose to do. And this is who I choose to be. And to help people have that, that, peace it is so powerful and the profound amount of joy love and power power in what you're doing in your career like do you know how powerful you are when you are that untouchable 
that is what I'm here to create and inspire. And whether that is through motivational speaking, whether that is through podcasts, whether that is through books, writing books and sharing stories, that is whether it's through mentoring people, that is the different channels that I'm working on right now. So are you, um, and so are you, you're living in the States, right? Are you, no, I'm of, in Morocco. <laughs> are you in Morocco? Are you living in Morocco now? I am, I'm there. I am here now. Yes. But okay. one thing about is I'm a free spirit. So I didn't know I was going to be in Morocco. You know, I followed Scott here and then my life's changed. And, you know, I was living in America for three years. Who knows? I could be back in America you know, living there. I mean, I don't see myself going back to Australia right now. I just, I love Australia. It's phenomenal, but it is really where my family is and I will visit them. But my whole heart is with the world. I've always wanted to travel the world and inspire people and create impact. So wherever that takes me now, I am all for it. Where is the, where is your favorite place in the whole world to go? Somewhere you've been? Oh, Oh my goodness, seriously. <laughs> I, so many, I, I, right? Good question. That is really, really interesting, Corey, that you ask me that. And I maybe I might be answering it in a totally different way that you would expect. But my favorite, favorite place is not a location, it's a feeling. So Wherever I am in the world, if I'm feeling at peace and happy and in tune, that is my favorite place. And I have felt like that countless times in my, in my adult life. So right now I feel like that now. So I would tell you my favorite places here. I felt like that. I felt like that before in Paris. I felt like that before in Italy, in Australia, like so many different in America, so many different little memories are popping up. But I, it's it's a feeling. It's not actually a location. So I hope that kind of shows you yeah, my thought process. A, I think that's a great answer because I don't know that most folks could answer it that way because the, the question was really for a place, but I love how you answered that. That was, yeah, I, that was the best answer I've probably ever gotten. And I, I don't know how many people I've asked that, but I know I've never had that answer. So that's amazing. And I have to ask, like, how are you building, how, just help me understand, how are you building confidence in, I'm just taking it back a step. How do you work with folks and build confidence in them when you've got someone, let's say they're, you know, maybe they're a bit overweight or maybe they are, you know, maybe they don't have the features that they want. How do you help that person to see the goodness in them? They are more than what they look like. Like I, you are more than your body weight. You are more than your ears, your nose, your eyes, your hair. That is just a physical representation of you. If you're not happy with your physical health or your, you know, the way you look physically, which whatever you can change and enhance, it's a process. It's just like a business. So I would encourage someone, if you feel that you are truly going to shine and be successful in life, being in your optimal fitness form, then it's something that you need to apply and do and just have it as part of your daily routine. I do that. And I've been there. I've been, I haven't been happy with the way I look or my physique. And I also haven't been happy with my health. It was draining the life out of me. And I've used this example with people. I really is about being vulnerable with people and showing them that your, 
your the weaknesses that you've experienced in life and that you've been in their shoes because they need to understand that you're not just it's not about talking at people it's about listening to them feeling them and seeing them and really you are more than the way you look if if a person is so caught up on the way that they look uh, it's just it really holds you back from being more and i have been that person i have had those types of things going through my head and literally it's a process you just have to work at it every day it's like a business it's like a relationship and slowly over time with consistent action it gets better and it gets to a point if it comes to things like physical features that you can't change it is a bigger issue in the essence of you just have to learn to look beyond it and see we are beyond the way we look we are spiritual emotional mental physical human beings we have multiple facets and elements if we are just focusing on one thing all the time just focusing on that one thing so imagine your favorite car Corey. like you own your favorite 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 car and it's this beautiful mechanism this engine that it has it's so fun to drive it brings you so much joy but there's this tiny little scratch on there tiny little default but all you do is keep focusing on that problem that scratch that scratch that scratch and then you don't truly enjoy what that vehicle is i mean i'm using a, a pretty standard example here you know you're not taking it for drives whatever it be when we focus on the bad things or the things that we see as weaknesses all the time we amplify them we give them power if we focus on the strengths and the great things about us and it may not be the eyes it may not be how great you are at maths maybe you suck at maths but let's focus on the things that a person is actually amazing at and let's build those and really that's the conversation that i have so like i said i observe people and listen to them i hear them i i watch them like it's just i don't go out there and stalk people <laughs> what i'm saying is like i watch them through social media i watch them through video i watch their mannerisms i watch how they speak i listen to them on the phone um, I hear them on Clubhouse and I see them in person and I genuinely see what is unique and amazing about that person. And if they don't see it, I become the biggest cheerleader that they could imagine where eventually it takes over and they become their own cheerleader. It's infectious, you know? That's a great, that's a great answer. And, and that makes sense. So, and I think you're such a perfect person to be in this position because well, you've got experience with it. it. It sounds like that you're really changing people's lives. So, have you? Um, what was your? Uh, what was your? Um, was it? Uh, let me. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to ask this. So, you got in. How long have you been with Scott? How long have you been in business with Scott? About three years. Okay. So, was part? Was there any reason in particular that you went? Uh, that you started doing business with Scott? In other words, what I'm really asking is, do you have any, do you, do you I, know, I know you believe in his effort to stop human trafficking. And I have a feeling that probably had something to do with it. It's beyond that. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in Australia and um, Scott happened to see the way I wrote um, on uh, Akbar Sheikh is the person actually on his Facebook and he just happened to see the way I was communicating and expressing myself and it caught his eye 
and he reached out to me and anyway we started a dialogue he I sent him my credentials and the conversation that we had it connected we just connected mentally and he just saw something in me I hadn't I didn't see in him yet because he didn't share yet but he said to me Miriam I'm gonna send you my book don't look me up like this is all the way from he was in America and he goes I was coming down to America anyway um, to go to a marketing conference and Scott was phenomenal. I was a struggling entrepreneur at the time and he flew me to America. Um, he believed in my story. He flew me to America. He got me a ticket to um, Funnel Hacking Live when there was no tickets left. He's, and he just said to me, I, I see something in you and I want you to be successful. So I'm going to give you this gift. Look at you, like really interested in this. <laughs> I am. And, you know, if you knew my, know my personality, like I'm pretty cautious. I'm cautious as well. And I've been brought up with a good head on my shoulders. And I, I wouldn't just randomly do that with anybody. Like I'm not stupid. And there's no way I'm going to go to the other side of the world to meet. So like, it's just not, it's just not how I float. I didn't flow that way. Things have changed, but and then he said to me, and that's, he helped me out. He saw how much I was wanting it. I was manifesting it. I was, I was working so hard, but it just, the pieces weren't falling in together at the time. Um, and that was that whole self-confidence issue back then. And anyway, I went to, I came to Orlando. I went to it and he said to me, um, I want to bring you to Nashville for three weeks. I really am blown away by your work, what you do. You know, he just saw something in me. He saw magic in me. He actually said, there's a magic about you. And, um, and I was like, he, anyway, he sent me, don't look me up his book. And when I was in Australia and I couldn't put that book down, I read through it. I think in the, in eight hours, I literally finished it. And I made up my mind that I was coming to America. Cause I almost didn't go because it was kind of weird to go to another country, some random person. And it's like, what's his intention, you know? And I've had a lot of creepy guys do creepy stuff, but he wasn't creepy. But I was still like, what's his motivation? Like, I, I did think about that. And I'm also very integral. Like, I will not sell my soul or myself to anybody. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not that kind of a human being. And this was really different. And um, I read his book and something just happened where I just believed in him. You know, his, his story of being in the barn, he just touched on it in there, his whole life, what he went through. And anyway, he said to me, you don't have to come to Nashville. He changed his mind last minute. You know, it's okay. I just want you to be successful. You don't have to come. Because originally he wanted to fly me there to work on a project for three weeks for him. And, and then I, something inside me just saw a light in him as well. And like I said, people are mirrors to each other. When someone sees magic in you, it's, you see the magic in them. And I went to Nashville and um, started... Um, working for him like literally just doing a project helping him out his brand was terrible back then it was so bad I was like oh I can fix this like this we were just so aligned what I had to offer is what he needed and what he had to offer was what I needed and um yeah after two weeks he offered me a job he was like I want you to be my brand manager and I've worked with a lot of CEOs in my time. I've had exposure to a lot of high profile people, general managers, global managers, and Scott just really impressed me. 
And um, anyway, from there, it just, it all came to what it was. But at the same time, I was growing and finding my own voice. And I'm at a point now where, you know, that Miriam that has been throughout my life of helping, serving, helping people and the way I am now, what I've gone through, I just have this unshakable drive to help many people. Like it's serving one entrepreneur has been a privilege, but it's beyond that now. That makes sense. So you didn't, um, so just out of curiosity, do you, do you help with the human trafficking side of the stuff that I've he does? I've helped him. Yeah, okay. I have helped um, eventing. I have helped. I've been his right hand woman. I always say I'm not Batman. I'm not Robin to Batman. I'm Wonder Woman. So <laughs> I was always that person um, pulling stuff together. He's a visionary. He's genius. And I'm a visionary and genius creatively and through people. I'm a people person and he's genius with everything you know about him. So that combination of us coming together was very powerful. And I have supported him and pulled things together and Scott moves very fast. So it's like, you got to keep up with that. <laughs> so um, I was like, ah, half the time I was like, you know, getting pulled in direction, but um, I became a better person knowing him and um, the people that I've met now has been a, another upgrade altogether. But Yes, I've been behind it. I've been helping him um, with his human trafficking, um, you know, mission. And what it, there's so much we've done behind the scenes and even with suicide prevention that we don't even really talk about it. It's, it's not like we've done this, we've done that. It's just we do. We just did. It came from a, a genuine place and we don't even keep record of it. Interesting. Yeah, that's super interesting. I mean, it's um, I that's one thing that I think you know that just Scott's story is just. I mean, like I don't even know. It's unreal. Like it's just so unreal, and it's so. I was pretty blown away. Um, and and I think that's I and I think we run across people like you and Scott did in our lives, but I think you have to be aware of when you meet that person you have to you have to move you have to take action because it's not every day that we get synced up with just the exact right person that we need in business or maybe in life and yes. so and when you have those opportunities you have to take them and and one thing about me is i i'm a i'm probably very similar to scott like i'm a quick like if i see there's value if i see that there's but Clubhouse is a great example. Uh, mm -hmm. I knew this was going to be a bigger thing. I knew because I was, you know, there was not a ton of people on when, when I got on. And I just knew that I needed to put in the time to grow this thing because I knew it was going to be beneficial down the road. Well, fast forward, you know, three months. And I, I think I've, I've booked at this point four paying clients off of clubhouse and like yeah. I, I don't know if i've ever booked anybody off instagram because you know i mean you, you, you know how i don't need to go into the yeah you know the the shadowing and all that stuff but um i don't know i just uh, i found myself just not really engaging a lot honestly on instagram unless it's with the people i meet on clubhouse absolutely and and that is the same and the thing is corey What's really important and what I say now to people that who are growing their brands, who are coming, working with Clubhouse and Instagram is 
the presence that you bring to Clubhouse, the, the true authentic side of you, your value, that needs to be on your Instagram as well because people are coming from there and knowing you as, as who you are there. And if you can, you need to be presenting the same value, the same voice, the same person through written word, through imagery, through video, through reels. Right now, reels are the hottest thing. And four-way four lives, they're the two hottest things right now on Instagram because Instagram brings out a new product um, every six months and it is always competing with um, the, the top performing app right now. So performing against, trying to perform against TikTok with the reels and the lives is their thing right now that they're doing as a point of difference. But it's, it's a room, really, a four-way well, room. Yeah. What about shorts? Are you using shorts? I'm not, no. But you're familiar. No. No. Oh, wow. This is amazing. So, <laughs> yeah. So, YouTube, um, I guess this was, so it's what, Wednesday. So, this past Monday, I think it was two weeks ago when it hit the U.S. And essentially what this is, is they also are now competing with TikTok Reels. And they're putting a ton of power and money behind making sure this short thing works. And so essentially it's a 60 seconds or less, just like the other platforms, but it's on YouTube. And I mean, I, I haven't checked it today, but uh, you know, I've had, I, so I've been consistently putting out, um, I work also with a brand guy, he's a digital marketing, he owns a digital marketing agency, but he also is good, very good in branding and graphics and whatever. But, um, and he told me, he said, look, here's the deal. He was like, if you want to do this YouTube shorts, he was like, it's been out. He said, it, 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 I think at this point, I may have gotten on there a couple of days before it hit the States, I think. I, I, I don't know. But somewhere, it was somewhere, it was around that same time when him and I, I think we had that conversation on Thursday. And even though it hadn't hit the States yet, I was still able to do it, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And so essentially, he said, look, dude, here's the deal. He's like, I did this three weeks ago. And my videos are performing great. He said three videos a day, which look, 60 second video is not that hard to put together. And now if you're doing, unless you're doing a bunch of crazy shit on TikTok, which I'm yeah. not. So, um, but essentially this, this it, they call it the short shelf in, in YouTube. And it's, I, I believe it's going to be the number one. I think it's going to be bigger than Instagram. In fact, in fact, the short, the short shelf in quotes is actually outperforming TikTok. Wow, that's amazing. Good on him. And so it's so new though. It's this mm. is like when Instagram, this would be like Instagram coming out a month ago and you just finding out about it. Now, how powerful would that have been? Or well, you may have actually been on, you probably were on the app when it first came out. Well, yeah, I was. I was on, um, this is, I was on before, you know, before everyone's account started to explode and before you had to put 30 hashtags, you didn't even have to put hashtags, like you might, you didn't even have to put any hashtags and you'd get 200 likes. I remember um, I was on then and I, I had an account then and um, I shut the account down. <laughs> oh, 
because oh, I was shy and there was like a thousand people following me and I was like really shy about it and then when Instagram blew up I was like damn it Miriam you you could have had a really big account now why see it's all in reflection that lack of self-confidence what it does how it holds you back how it helps it doesn't allow you to see opportunity and take action um, it is so important self-confidence and self-belief changes your life it changes the tra trajectory you know and you just mentioned video and i want to hit on that for a quick second because i think it's very important if there's someone listening that is struggling with confidence i'm going to tell you marion and this is the honest to god's truth if it so here was the evolution i wasn't on video i wasn't doing video in fact i would have told you i'm not doing video um because lack of self-confidence i didn't like the way i looked on camera which guess what tough shit i look the same when i walk outside and so <laughs> right somebody says well i don't like the way i look on camera well that's not really the camera um <laughs> and so you know it's the truth and i didn't like the way i sounded and the guy i went to go i went to tony robbins event which was life-changing for me and i i became friends with a guy that lives near me and he said he was like, you know, he was like, you're such a great personality. He was like, I, I don't ever see your videos on Facebook. And I'm like, I don't, I don't do videos on Facebook. That's why you don't see them. <laughs> he was like, well, well, why not? Like, why are you not doing videos? He was like, you would be great. And I said, I, I have zero desire to do any video for anything. And he said, okay. He said, well, then I'll go ahead and challenge you to do the 30 days. This was, I, I believe it was right when the 30 day Facebook challenge thing came out. I was like, and I said, I, I, if somebody challenges me to do something, I'm most likely going to do it, especially if I don't want to do it. Because <laughs> that's a, that tells me there's something there that I need to look at. And so, oh my God, Miriam, I was so freaking nervous. Dude. I bet you I recorded that video. 30 yeah. times before I put it out yeah. and and really what and and so I did do the lives and and guess what I just wasn't as important as I thought I was like yeah <laughs> that's true you know it's actually really confronting um especially when you're in like I said a position of authority in your own world offline and I think that's been the biggest transition for people who are coaches or experts or executives they they're big they're the big guys or in their own businesses, they're the key person. And then you go online and like, no one gives a shit. <laughs> it's a really big, um, you know, bruise to the ego, but it's fantastic at creating humility and really fantastic in getting us to dig deep and redefine what's per our purpose and what's our genuine, the genuine value we want to bring people like, and really serving people with an intent to better their lives. Like rather than just going in there trying to make money online, giving someone $10,000 worth if they're, if they're, you know, you're charging them a grand, you know, what can you do to blow their minds? And that's what my customer experience program was at Sunglass Hut. It was called WOW, putting customers first. And I used to tell them, blow their minds, knock their socks off. I used to, I used to go into the store literally and walk, I used to observe the store from behind. This was always my technique. I'd observe the store from afar, watch the team, watch their energy, watch their body language, watch the interactions with the customer, look at how clean it was. My eye was like, Shh. I used to just see everything. I knew if that business was making money or not before I even looked at my report. 
or I would look at my KPI reports, my performance reports and go, okay, there's an issue in that store. And I'd watch it, sit there for 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes and watch it. And it always came down to the people. I was just going to say, let me guess, it always came down to probably one or two bad apples in the culture and it was ruining. Oh, yes. And you know what? It, you Being a good people, a good um, recruiter of great people is a skill. And that is something that I've been blessed with. Because I said to you, remember, I can see people and I can identify their, their, who they are, what their strengths are. So recruiting was one of my like shining strengths and my attrition was extremely low. I kept team on, hardly anyone left and people were constantly being mentored and promoted into bigger positions. I would mentor people into my positions because if you can lift someone into step into your shoes, that elevates you into the next level as well. So I always knew if store wasn't performing, there was uh, unfortunately um, someone who wasn't engaged whose heart wasn't in it. They were literally just coming there for a paycheck. And you can go in there and you can change someone's life. You can inspire their socks off. But if they have the I don't give a crap attitude and they're genuinely just coming for a paycheck, they're not the right people for your team. They're not the right people because that customer needs to feel special. But your team needs to feel special too. And that was my job. My job was to make them feel special. If they felt special, which they did, that would make the customers feel special. My team were my customers. They were my customers. And the customers, beyond that, it was a flow-on effect. So as I was saying before, you know, it was about analysing the business. I knew if it wasn't performing and getting the right people in there. And, um, yeah, that, that's really what changed. Um, you know, as I was trying to say to you, I got my train of thought back. I used to watch the store and I used to go in and I used to go, all right, I go, I'm a customer. <laughs> Show me how you would treat me and make me feel. I'm walking into your store for the first time. Straight away, I'd walk in. Hi, how are you? Can I help you? And I'm like, okay, let's, let's stop. Let's start again. And then I'd go, I want you to go out the store. You're a customer. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be you. And guess what? This isn't a store. This is your home. You're inviting people to a party. How would you, what kind of a host would you be? Would you want to make them feel special? You know, would you, as soon as you walk through the door, would you go in and go, hi, how are you? Do you want to drink? As soon as someone comes to the door and rings your doorbell? No. What would you do? You'd want to go, hey, how are you? I haven't seen you in so long. You know, what's been happening? Come in, come in, come and sit down. I know. And then talk to them, get to know them. What's been happening? Amazing. Well, I just made this incredible feast. You're having a party when you're ready. You know, go, go up and enjoy whatever you want. And if there's anything that you need, if you want to know where the restroom is or, you know, if you need a drink, please let me know I'm here for you, you know. And then reapproach later on. Just watch them. Are they comfortable? Are they feeling good? Are they having conversation? Are they smiling? How are they feeling? Is your place looking immaculate? Is it beautiful? Is it comfortable? Are you making a memorable experience for them that they are blown away by what an incredible party this was, that they're telling all of their friends, because that's how it happens. It's word of mouth, right? They're telling right. all of their friends that they are becoming the advocate for your business. You don't need to go tell everyone how amazing your business is if your customers are doing it for you. So that's what so are you true. going to make them feel amazing that they had such a phenomenal experience in your presence? You were the host 
of that party, when they came to your house, you made them feel so good. You were genuine, you know, and yeah. literally that changed the whole mindset of my team. I used to go in there and do a role play with them and be funny about it and literally cut them off and give them a bad experience and go, let me show you how to, and then I said, now, now, now show me, I'm coming to your house. How will you treat me? That totally changed the trajectory of that business. You know what, Miriam, I do this all the time with the teams that I train, that I train because look, ultimately building good relationships with people is what sales is all about. It's not about the money. It's not about the commission. It's not about any of that shit. It's about what you can do to create a better life for that person. And your point with being in Sunglass Hut, your 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 team members were selling confident because look, if somebody puts glasses on, they're putting them on because it makes them look pretty. Or you know, granted, it does block the sun, but that's all. Let's just be honest. That's not why people buy necessarily that is a byproduct for sure but they also if it doesn't look good people are not going to buy it if they don't look good in the product or the product doesn't look good on them it's a no it, it doesn't matter if it blocks the sun it makes yeah. no difference well that's the other thing Corey. and um, you need to be a master of the of your product so if a customer comes in and you put two in a row pair of sunglasses that are not the fit and shape of their face. This is just an example. That customer immediately loses confidence in you. They don't want to buy from you because you don't know what you're selling. You don't know what you're doing. You're not an expert. You don't understand their needs. And this can apply to anything. This can apply to anything. So that was the other, the other part of the, the wonderful recipe of becoming an um, expert of your product, living, breathing it, and selling it with conviction, like really believing it. And Corey, I'm going to go back to, I only became that way because I was running stores myself and I, I already lived in those shoes and had the results. So I was able to teach those results. And I think the same, definitely, I feel the same applies with what I'm doing now. I have lived through this. I have a whole life story around this. So it is who I am. So I'm able to authentically and powerfully create change because I've walked through this. 100%. Um, and I think that's important. I think if you're going to be an expert in anything, you have to have some experience, some personal experience with it. I think it's odd when somebody says, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, you know, I can coach you on mindset, but I'm 19 years old, right? I mean, you don't have enough experience to tell me you can coach me on my mindset if you're 19 years old. There's nothing against somebody that's 19 years old. Maybe you're a genius and I just don't know that, but most likely not. So, you know, I think it's important to also know your place. And if you are an expert in an area, it's okay to say that. It's okay to step into that, that, um, those shoes, so to speak, um, and say, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, I've done this over and over and over and over. I don't need to explain to you how I'm going to do it. I just need you to understand you're going to get the results just like everybody else I work with. So, and if somebody questions that, well, then move on. Well, like, that's the thing. It's, it really comes down to intent. So there are people there who 
you've referred to a 19 year old, you just used a blank example. The intention may be that they may genuinely have the drive and they may have a great intention, but they just don't have the experience. So you've got to have the experience along with the intent, right? That's what we're saying. But there are people who their intention is predominantly of material. It's predominantly a financial gain. There is a very different um, feeling that comes from someone whose intention is from that, um, from that foundation versus someone who genuinely, genuinely wants to change lives and make an impact in the world because people connect with authenticity, people connect with what's real. But there are people also who connect with um, the smoke and mirrors because they still haven't, don't understand themselves, they're lost perhaps. And really, if, if anyone does find who's listening to this that maybe they are drawn to the, the fancy cars and the big houses. And, you know, I really think, well, I believe and I feel that it might be time to just try a different approach, you know, just be open to, to seeing a person for who they truly are and truly connecting with people who genuinely may want to make a difference in the world, that their motivation isn't just monetary. Money is important. we got to survive that impact is far more important. Yeah, I agree. And I would say, uh, take it a step further. We need, to, we need to thrive. People need to thrive. And that doesn't mean you have to do anything just to get the money. But if you do the right thing, I, I believe that the money comes. And, and it comes in, and look, and, and I think visualization is also very important in in success, and I say that simply because if you think about, I don't, I don't know if you play golf, but I, I, I play golf every chance I get, which is not often, but I try to play every chance I get. And and ultimately, I didn't realize this. I didn't think about this scenario until the other day, and I thought, well, for, I grew up on a golf course. Like, that's my backyard was the 13th hole on at the country club. And I don't say that to brag. I say that because I realize – you know, when you're when you're on a putting green and you're going to putt a ball, you always follow in your mind, right? You follow the ball as a hole before you hit it because it gives you your line. Yeah. That's no different than life. Yeah. It's no different. You, you want to visualize where you're going so you get to that place. Because if you visualize that you're going in a direction you don't want to go, that's probably the way you're going to go. You mentioned that earlier. Absolutely. It's, it's powerful, Corey. Um, I do it every day, you know, just to give a little example for anyone who maybe wants direction or guidance with that. I wake up every morning. The first thing I do, literally, I, I'm alive. I touch my shoulder or my arm and I'm just grateful I'm alive. Another day, take a breath, you know, I made it through. And then um, I drink lots of water because, by the way, I'm into health as well. We get dehydrated overnight. And then my morning is um, writing my affirmations of, you know, what is great, what is great about us? Like, I'm going to be honest with you, three months ago, I was struggling with that. And I'm going to get back to what this routine is, because I'm only trying to provide something that someone out there is, may relate to. But I really had a hard time. I was in a darker place and I couldn't identify what was good about me three months back. And I started writing all this stuff, I am this, I am that, the opposite of how I was feeling, the opposite words. Instead of saying, um, I 
am not happy or I feel lonely or I am lost, you know, I am happy. I feel amazing. I have so much to offer. I have incredible relations in my life, um, relationships. You know, everything you can imagine, I wrote the reverse. I kept writing it and, and it did not feel real. And I'm like, what am I doing? Just keep at it. Just keep at it. Another day, another day. I kept doing it. I kept doing it. I kept doing it. And beyond that, then I had to apply some um, physical um, health. I started exercising 30 minutes. After I do that, exercise for 30 minutes. Then I have my shower. Then I come back and I write down what my objectives are for the day. I do that now. I write my objectives and goals, what I'm going to achieve for the day. And then I go out there and, and do my best. But I must go back to the affirmations. You keep doing that every day, every day. And then you, if you, I, when I say this, I say it with so much um, passion. Doing the exercises really helped me with mental health and just having the strength physically and the mental clarity of feeling good to be able to do the work that I do. It's just so important. You know, if I have an exercise for a week, I feel it. So what happens is when you're going back to your affirmations, you write that every day, every day, all of a sudden you start to believe it. All of a sudden you start to act like it because you're becoming what you write. You're writing your own story. You're writing your future. You're writing your destiny. Funnily enough, today I opened up that book and I traced back through it and I'm like, holy crap, what I wrote three months ago, two months ago, one month ago, I am feeling in pure delight now. It is so real and authentic and I'm so there. Like, wow, the power of it. Let me just tell you, so this is going to be slightly on the opposite end of the spectrum, but this is so appropriate for what you just said. Yeah. So um, I, I haven't drank in almost in August would be 12 years. So I don't know what the 11 and a half years, let's just call it. And, and I stopped drinking for a reason, uh, because I had a problem. And so I went to AA and every day in AA, I would stand up and say, I am an alcoholic. And it never felt right. It never felt, I never felt like I was, I never felt like I really, for lack of better terms, fit in with the other alcoholic, so to speak. Yeah. And so I just didn't feel like it was, I, it wasn't that I was better than everybody. They make you believe that's the reason you think that, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And so when I got my NLP certification, I realized something. I realized that I was saying I am an alcoholic every time I stand up. And I, I thought, holy fuck, I can't, I can't say, I'm not, I'm not going to stand up and say this anymore because what do I associate with alcoholic? Broken, bum, um, you know, uh, somebody that doesn't bathe. I mean, that's that's what a lot of people hear in their minds when they hear alcoholic or they hear about, you know, somebody doing something really bad because they're an alcoholic. Well, I don't want to be labeled as that. And right, and 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 I'm not, I, I'm not an alcoholic. I haven't had a drink in eleven and a half years. So how can I really say? I am an alcoholic. I haven't drank in 11 and a half years. I can't say I am a small child, even though I was a small child 40 years ago. You know, I mean, I, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. But there's a level of pressure. There's a level of 
Um, there's a level of, well, pressure is the best way to say it, right? It, it, because they convince you that you're, if you leave this program, it, it's not like you have to stay here. It's not like that. But it's a subtle, subliminal, if you don't stay here, you're going to get drunk. And they'll tell you that. If you leave here, you're going to relapse. It's just a matter of time. Well, this be the first to tell you that's a lie. Because I haven't relapsed. I haven't thought about drinking. I haven't I haven't walked down the you know the beer aisle and like you know tried to figure out what I'd like to drink if I like I'm just I'm so far past that. And so the I am, whether you speak it, whether you write it, it is a very real thing. And it really is. You know, think about this, Miriam, if you wake up and you don't feel good and you say, damn, I am t- I'm, I'm tired today. Well, you feel yeah. tired the rest of the day. Yes. So. And, and you know what, this that Tony Robbins does, and because you're referring to N- N- NLP, um, and even Tony Rodriguez, I have heard him say this, um, you know, getting up and changing your physiology. If I feel flat, because I'm tired, whatever I was, I woke up morning feeling that way. Remember I said to you, I've been focusing on my health, the exercise, making myself to do it no matter what. Sometimes just jumping up and shaking it out and literally getting blood to flow through your body will change up your physiology. And even if you're in a crappy mood, don't feel good, flat, whatever it is, shake it out, change it up. Like I, I have done that. I can't tell you the power of repetition of just shocking your body out of that low frequency state and physically, sometimes mentally, we don't instantly go to that, that stage of feeling wonderful, free, high, elevated, positive. It's, it doesn't happen naturally sometimes. Right. And sometimes it's something you've got to work on, but if you can get your, like slap it out of you with a physical adjustment whether it's going for a run whether it's exercising whether it's even jumping up and down like tony robbins does and gets people to do you know it just flicks a switch but when you do it on a repeated repeated behavior you're taking action repetitively a transformation happens in your body and that's why i was also saying that those affirmations whatever you want to call it maybe call it a, a list or a self-reflection, affirmation. If affirmation doesn't connect with whoever's listening, whatever you want to call it, start to recognize and see what's amazing about you. Because I'm telling you, there are people out there who see it. Even if they're not saying it to you, they see it. And it's just about us recognizing it first. And, you know, there's just so much power in it. There is. I, I agree. And and I'll tell you one other thing. Have you ever... So are you a huge fan of, of Tony Robbins? Are you... I'm a, I'm a fan in essence of, um, this is really interesting, Tora, Corey. When I was a young teenager um, and I was still figuring out things and I, I had a few negative influences in life and there was all that bullying stuff we're talking about. Um, I used to literally get glued to the TV to go and see when Oprah Winfrey was coming on because she was just this incredibly insightful and powerful human being. And I used to um, immerse myself in Tony Robbins' um, cassettes. My mom had his whole, she went and did his event, Walk the Coal. Um, I used to literally get fascinated by this stuff at 14, 15 and get books and put stuff on and and just literally re-educate my 
brain. They were like my second mother and father. They were like a second male and female role model in my life. And I, I, now that we're looking back at that, um, yes. But in my adult life, um, I haven't needed to so much. I've always noticed him. I went at, at um, the event I went to back in Orlando. He happened to be there for three hours. And that was an amazing experience. Um, but at the end of the day, you can go to a lot of pep rallies and listen to people, you know, try and lift you up. But if you're not applying things to your own life and you're not constantly working on your physical, mental, spiritual and emotional fitness and health, um, no one's going to change your life for you. And that's even with me with helping people. If people don't apply, no one's going to give you a magic pill. No, it doesn't happen. Um it doesn't happen. The reason I ask you that is because he does, you know, his priming exercise. Have you ever done yes. that? I think so, we did it at the event, yeah. You probably did. Yeah, I'm certain yeah. you did. Yes. So that is so near and dear to my heart. Because I did it for so long. I did it before I ever went to his first event. And there's something really powerful about that exercise because you are moving, right, at the beginning, as stupid as it mm -hmm. looked. You're moving, you know, you, yeah, moving your up, right. And then, yes, but, <laughs> but then he, he guides you to look at things that you're grateful for. And he guides you to look at, you know, the things that where Corey wants to be in a year or five years, or I can't remember how he says it now. It's been a little while since I've listened to it, but it is such a great exercise to take you through what you're grateful for and visualize what it is you are grateful for, for in the future. And I would encourage anybody listening to this that you should check that out it's called you could just google tony robbins priming uh, exercise and you'll find it so um it you know the coals were amazing i'm i was scared i'm not gonna lie i've done it twice <laughs> i wanted um, to do it but i have jumped out of a plane to trigger growth in myself um and that was life-changing as well <laughs> it was no thank you <laughs> I've got no zero 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 uh, in, uh I don't know the word I'm looking for but I have no chance Fire. of jumping out of it <laughs> I just can't even do it so um Mary this has been such a great conversation um would you mind just letting everybody know because we're coming towards the end I don't even know how long we've been going but I'm pretty sure it's towards the end <laughs> so Miriam, where can people find you and 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 if somebody's looking for a brand manager, what is it they need to be looking for? And how can you help them? Tell everybody, maybe a couple of the brands that you've helped, or, you know, I guess just here's your second, here's your, I just tell everybody what you do and where, where to find you. Okay, wonderful. The best way to contact me is through my Instagram DMs, um, which is Miriam, M-E-R-Y-E-M underscore Apache, A-R-P-A-C-I underscore, because there's a few people who have that name. Um, but that's the best way to find me and message me on there. Um, that is working beautifully. And on my profile, there is a link to my LinkedIn, um, email, all sorts of stuff that if you want a little bit more, there's even a calendar to book um, a meeting with me. What I do now is, is I don't brand manage, even though I'm doing that for Scott. That's a very, um, that was, that's what I've been doing for three years, but I consult. So um, basically they would approach me through Instagram or set up a meeting 
and I would have do an overview with their, of their brand. I would find out what their objectives are and what they're trying to achieve and communicate. And is their current brand and set up on social media and everything, website, you name it, actually communicating that and converting that and creating that for them. The other thing I think people need to know about me is I'm a storyteller. So I am a visual storyteller and I am a highly communicative. So for me, a brand um, is more than just the visual. It's like, it's a visceral communication. It's a communication that people feel something. And when people feel that's when they take action, you don't want to just have a pretty looking brand. You want to spark action from people. So that is really what I work on. Um, and I think that pretty much covered that pretty much covered your stuff. If someone is looking for the whole um, development of their personal branding in self-confidence, their self-image, I also consult in that area. So if they're needing to work on that, because that heavily impacts your brand, that heavily impacts your presence online. If you're a podcaster, if you're selling a product, but in particular, I like, I work best with um, personal brands. I have worked with companies like Guest Jeans, I was their state manager, Sunglass Heart, Lorna Jane, like all these big global brands. Um, and a lot of my experience came from there for branding and marketing, but my heart is with the personal branding. That makes total sense. Um, well, Miriam, thank you so much for coming on today. This has been a really, really amazing conversation. And I've learned so much about you that I didn't know. In fact, most of this I didn't know. Um, so I just am very, very humbly grateful that you came on today. So thank you. Aw, thank you, Corey. I am humbly grateful that you had me here. It's been wonderful. And um, yeah, I'm very, very excited to see um what's going to come of it and I'm very grateful that you know you're in you come into the rooms you communicate with us I know how much you believe in in myself and in Scott I know Scott's you know you're a good friend of his so yeah just really grateful to know you're an amazing human being thank you thank you very much Marion if you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This is the Successful Life. Thank you for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.